Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Today's guest is a career and money breakthrough coach at Internal Groove, the company she founded 15 years ago. She helps burned out, success-driven professionals who are just going through the motions design a career based on their truth. Aligning their truth makes them leap out of bed, even on Monday mornings. After 18 years of marketing and surviving corporate burnout herself, she combines her degrees in psychology and communications, plus three professional coaching certifications to support corporate executives and entrepreneurs to move from self-doubt and burnout to relief and freedom. Uh, self-doubt and burnout to relief. I think I want to work on that. Please welcome Barb Garrison. How are you doing, Barb? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you, Dr. Gary. I appreciate it. So I, I think that you've indicated kind of a, a pivot point in your life where you were in the corporate world, you were kind of burning out, and you decided to learn about that, I guess, and now you help executives. Does that sound like the path? Talk to me a little bit about how you got through all that. Yes, you're absolutely right. I was my first most difficult client. <laughs> I, in the 15 years I've been doing this, I don't have, I don't think I've had as difficult of a client since <laughs> because I didn't have the training then and I was making it up as I went along. You know, essentially I've become the coach that I desperately needed 16 years ago. You know, when you said I found myself kind of burnout, that's the understatement of the century. I was beyond burnout to the point that, you know, I was having lots of, you know, health issues related to stress. And the, the culminating factor was that, and how metaphorical is this? I actually lost my voice while working in the corporate world. It was one of the busiest times in our industry. And I had bronchitis and, you know, of course, went to the doctor, got antibiotics and it didn't work. So I had to have two and three rounds of antibiotics and I still didn't have a voice. And it took me a little while to figure out, but I thought, wow, okay, something's going on here that's beyond you know, the, the antibiotics. So that was really interesting. My journey was much more stretched out than most of my clients because I uh, support them to do what I didn't do, <laughs> which is to speak up a lot sooner and start mm. to listen to those little whispers in your ear before they become a frying pan over the head. And I'm also going to guess you didn't have a coach. Well, exactly. Not only did I not have a coach, but back then, 16 years ago, coaching didn't really exist in the form that it is today. I mean, you could take a class, a workshop, but not really where you had, you know, someone who would walk right by your side to walk you through, you know, what you were experiencing, dealing with the fears, being the best version of yourself, and and frankly, clarity for what you want to do instead. Um the sentence that I kept saying, and I hear my clients say all the time now is, you know, I hate what I'm doing, but I have no idea what to do instead. And the challenge is when you wait until you have a successful career, you know, by then maybe you have 
a partner, maybe you have a mortgage, maybe you have kids, maybe you have other responsibilities. It's difficult to break out of what I call those golden handcuffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and and when you think about the the challenges that people have in breaking breaking away from that, their their income, what they've known, there's a lot of fear there. That you know what what comes next, fear of the unknown. No question. No question. Fear of the unknown. And I'm even going to say, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but discovered this. A lot of assumptions that we make that are sort of pressures from the outside, from even our loved ones, you know? I mean, I had so many people tell me, you can't leave this job. You've worked your whole career to get there. And even my doctor, who <laughs> was shocked when she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I think I'm going to quit my job. And she said, you can't do that. <laughs> And meanwhile, she's the one who's trying to help me, you know, recover. Mm. Yeah. So you made the decision. You made the decision to get away from the stress. And are you saying that stress causes health problems? (laughs) Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a researcher. That's for sure. I can tell you in my own experience, it certainly plays a big role. And let me be specific about stress, too, because I think a lot of people assume stress comes from outside of yourself. You know, it's your cranky boss. It's your coworkers who don't do their job. It's the company that does or doesn't X, Y, Z. And what I discovered is, you know, much of it was also internal. And what I mean by that is the habits and patterns that we bring to our work life. And very often we learn those a long time ago. They work for us for a while. And then after a while, they stop working or they certainly aren't as effective. And that's when it's usually an invitation to up-level ourselves and not make it about anyone else. Make it about ourselves and our truth. That's what the point I really got to. I was doing a lot of things that everybody else wanted me to do instead of what felt right to me. So talk a little bit about that, what you mean by finding your truth. You know, it's different for everyone. And I think that everyone has to take that exploration for themselves. And, you know, sometimes it takes us a lifetime to get there. You know, we still are uncovering it. I don't think it's one of those, like, figure it out and, you know, check it off the list. Also, because I feel like we have different chapters of our lives. And sometimes our truth in one chapter of our life is different as we evolve. So to give you an example, at the time I was already quite burnt out, um, I also had gotten married. So it was a brand new marriage. And we um, had recently bought a new condo. So those were different chapters than when I was, you know, 15 years prior, single and a renter and, you know, working, you know, my job was my life. And so um, I think that truth comes in forms of knowing what our gifts and talents are knowing what truly lights us up now, because sometimes something that, you know, lights us up when we're younger doesn't always stay with us for long periods of time. You know, maybe we've had that experience and now we're ready for more growth in a different way. Um, I think also our communication styles change as we grow, hopefully, um, as our leadership styles change. And so, you know, I think it's also about boiling it down to like the essence of who you are. I'll give you one example of that. So in the position that I had, I was working, you know, 15, 16 hours a day and five, six, sometimes even seven days a week. One of the things I started noticing is what, what is the work of what I did that made me the happiest? 
And that was mentoring my team. Sometimes I would come into the office and they would be lined up outside my office waiting to talk to me about something or ask about a project or want to brainstorm or really need to just unload. And this was always the thing that I went to first. One of the reasons I ended up working so late sometimes was the things that I was responsible for ended up being pushed later in the day. Like I had to do them, but what I chose to do was more about listening, mentoring, supporting, and brainstorming with my team. Yeah, that's the stuff that uh, really floated your boat, so to speak, right, is is that interaction with your team. And then all the administrative stuff, the emails, the reports, all that stuff, you're like, okay, I got to do this. And don't you think that, that sometimes people make that kind of compromise, and I'm not judging whether it's good or bad, but they'll make the compromise to focus on the things that they really enjoy doing and slog through the things that they don't enjoy doing and just say, you know, this is just the way it is. Yes, I I do think that's a very common thing. You know, I, I definitely did it, but I think there's solutions to some of that where we don't have to always slog through. Now, certainly every position, every job, every business, there are things that we need to do that aren't always the most exciting. That's okay. But I think that too often we throw in the towel with this is just how it needs to be or, you know, this is just how it is. You know, I've helped a lot of clients renegotiate their job description. I've helped clients change departments within their same company, take on new projects. You know, often people are afraid to do that. And I think there's a way to do it that not only serves the company, but can also make them a better contribution to the company that they work for. Because now they're expressing some of their greatest gifts much more fluidly, which means the results that get created are better for the company anyways. And, and easier, way easier on the person, right? Oh. If we get to use our talents, and, and in fact, I, I tell people this all the time. People will say, well, how do I know what a talent is? I said, look, just pay attention to those around you for the wow factor. When they'll say, wow, Barb, how do you, how do, you do that? And the response typically is, oh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's easy. <laughs> so because it's easy, we don't, put, we don't place value on it. See, so it's always oh, easy. I just and and I think more people need to pay attention to the wow. Absolutely. You know, I say the exact same thing in a slightly different way, which is what comes naturally to you. You know, things that come naturally to us, we swat away and tend to not value, but we assume everybody can do all those things. And the truth is everybody can't. And that's when not only is do other people say, wow, but these are the things we tend to talk about at cocktail parties when we were spending time together. (laughs) You know, these are the things that we talk about when we're not getting paid. These are the things we think about on Saturday mornings, you know, hanging out with our spouse, having coffee. And so it's about paying attention to what comes naturally to us. One of the exercises I do with my clients is literally ask them, in quite a full session where I almost interview them about what comes naturally to them. And this can be from the smallest thing to something much, much larger and more significant. Yeah, it might be something as simple as, well, I never never lose my keys. 
<laughs> we certainly know how tough that is as we get older. So <laughs> I have to go on the same hook all the time. I love it. I love it. I'll uh, give you even another example, Gary. So I have a photo of me when I'm about four years old and I'm, it's a pose portrait, uh, you know, with the typical seamless gray background. I'm wearing this little pink dress. I have this little like sprocket of hair on top of my head and I'm talking on a pink plastic phone. I look so serious like I am solving world peace. And it's so funny because to this day, my mother says, I can't believe you have figured out how to get paid to talk on the phone eight to nine hours a day. <laughs> Just like and, you did back then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. So really one of the, and your truth that you talk about is, is more comprehensive than just understanding what we stand for, what our values are, but it's also looking at your talents and your strengths, your desires, and the things that you just, that, that like, I think you said that light me up, that light me up today. If I can combine all those things, then as a leader, I think that one of the things that we need to do in leadership, I want to hear what your opinion is on this, is to take the collective job requirements of the team, not the individuals, instead of, I got a job description, right? Well, it's like throw them all in a hat and let people pick out the things that they want to do that the team needs to get done. And it doesn't matter what the job description is. <laughs> and and what you find is people will oh, I like doing that, or I like doing that. And if I, you know, I don't mind doing that, I'll take that. And before you know it, there's only one or two things left in the hat that people don't want to do. <laughs> you know? That's a great, that's a great leadership strategy. I, I love that. And I love doing that as a, as a combination. You know, I think there's a lot of different styles of leadership. I don't think it's one size fits all. And I think leadership needs to fit with who we are and our truth as well. One mistake I do see people make with leadership is thinking that leadership is being the boss and being the boss is, is, is being a manager and telling people what to do. That isn't what leadership is. You know, to me, leadership is much more about inspiring people. And so if you can inspire people to be the best version of themselves, and that includes all the things we've already talked about, but also, you know, who, who they are at a deeper level, you know, like what, what really is the work they're meant to do? And like you said, their values, you know, some people love to be like front of the house, you know, the one out there in front because they love to connect directly with people. Other people find a lot of joy in helping others and being a behind the scenes, behind the curtain type of person. Neither of those are one better than the other, but they're very different roles. And if we're not in the right role, that can really impact how much we have to drag ourselves to bed, out of bed, excuse me, to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about some uh, situations you've been in with, as you talk about leadership and our definition of leadership, when you talk about uh, the manager, the boss, well, I, I think leadership is a responsibility, not a position. I should, I should call this podcast that. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, but, but th that's the whole point is it doesn't matter who it is. People can take a leadership opportunity when their talents and skills, the opportunity, what they know gives them an opportunity to speak up. And what we want to do is teach leaders at all levels. And that doesn't mean that they're leading all the time. It just means they might be leading part-time. They might lead something once a week or once a month. But do we need leadership skills in all our managers? Absolutely. Because otherwise they, they're destructive. And when that happens, unfortunately, the employees really, really suffer. The only lasting leadership power that there is, is personal leadership. 
It's not positional leadership. It's personal leadership. Even expert leadership, you know, it says that doesn't last either because I can I can become over time less and less of an expert if I don't keep my education up. But personal leadership between the relationship of one human being and another, we influence, we impact, we make a difference in each other's lives. That's leadership. So our definition is the ability to build relationships so we can achieve our goals together with compassionate accountability. Fully agreed. I I actually call it um, (laughs) fierce team love. Yes. And let me explain what I mean by that. You know, some people are like, oh, this is, you know, professional. That's kind of inappropriate. You know, I don't mean it like that at all. And I I say this about my own clients as well. Like I express fierce client love. And what that really is about is seeing the highest potential for who they are. I have this ability that, you know, feels like it's a natural gift that I didn't really learn where I talk to people at the highest version of themselves. It's almost like there's a little version of themselves sitting on their shoulder, which is them at their absolute best and their highest version that they may not even really be in touch with. In fact, sometimes it triggers people. They get frustrated sometimes because they aren't standing in that possibility for themselves. And when a leader is able to speak to someone from that highest potential, it pushes people's buttons because it's it asks them not in a direct way, but in an inspirational way or an inspiring moment to really step up. Like you are capable of this. Like I know you can do this. Even if you haven't done it before, you know, you have the ability to do this. I see it in you. And I'm going to let you run with this. I'm right here if you need me by your side. If you have any questions, I'm not going to leave you. I've always got your back. But I know you can do this. And people aren't used to that. What, what I'm hearing you say is that you, when you coach somebody, you establish an understanding of their strengths and their limitations, their talents, their wow factors, their, their, their blemishes, all those things. And then you hold them accountable to their highest self. And by doing that, by seeing them that way, you constantly are reminding them of the, their best possible version of themselves. And wouldn't you say that many of us with the false limiting beliefs that we might have about ourselves but from our childhood, and we all have them. You know, my fault, one false living belief bar about self-disclosure is I feel stupid as I go through the, I go through life every day at times feeling stupid. And I didn't realize the reason was because at eight or nine years old, standing in front of a class of Scottish kids, because I was living in Scotland, I was an American Catholic in a Scottish Protestant school and they did not like us. I was asked to read in front of the class, didn't know I had a reading disability. And I would start to stammer over the words if I didn't understand them. So I've, so that that feeling has been with me my whole life where I feel stupid. So we have this false limiting belief and it holds us back. Right. Oh, so painful. What I'm hearing you say is, is when you see another human being as they're in their greatness and just keep reminding of that every single day, that's fierce team love. Yes. Yes. Oh, your story is so painful. And you know, one of the things I want your listeners to really know is every single person on the planet has some kind of story like this. I actually work not exactly the same story and not the same scenarios, obviously, but one of the things I actually work with my clients on to to step up to their full potential is where those old stories are that, that held them back. And the truth is, those often come about in the very early stages of when we're developing our emotional intelligence. So, 
because our emotional intelligence muscles weren't very strong when we're, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, that's about the time period it happens for everyone, where we have an experience where we are trying to just feel safe and feel loved and feel appreciated and feel seen. And we sometimes make these decisions about what we need to do in order to get that. Mm. And it has us begin patterns that unless we've looked at that, can we can sometimes carry into our future, even well into adulthood. And even if we are very successful, you know, we can create success based on this. But the question is, how much is it draining our energy? And how much is it costing us to not feel relaxed and valued by ourselves? Because when we don't fully value ourselves, that comes through in the way we lead, the way we interact, the way we coordinate the way we show up in the world yeah yeah so i want to i want to see if i can uh, draw out of you in a, a moment where where a client lit you up in a positive way where and here's what i mean because i know what lights you up what lights you up is that look in somebody's eyes when they get it and all of a sudden it clicks and 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 you change their life you've changed their perspective you've changed the way they show up and can you think of a time when when you had that moment of of clarity when over a period of time you're working with somebody, working with them, working with them, all of a sudden they just get it? You know, I, I'll be honest with you, Gary. It's not just one time. It's every time. And here's why. Yeah. I only work with clients who are really, truly, truly willing to work as a 50-50 partnership with me. And if I have a client who's not doing their part of the work or not stepping up, you know, I certainly give them lots of time to get there and lots of support. But if we've worked together for quite a while and they're not doing their part, then we find a way to either graduate them, move on. I refer them to a different type of program because you know, people need to find the right mentors and coaches and consultants that allow them to step up. I will tell you that I have clients I've worked with 10 years and it isn't because we're still working on the same goals as where we were 10 years ago, but they consistently show up. They consistently do the work. They consistently stretch themselves. And I will tell you, you know, when I have a day where I get to do that eight times, nine times a day, eight hours, nine hours a day, I mean, it is pure joy. That's why, you know, this. I've had this business for over 14 and a half years. It's why I still love it. I've never had a job even close to that amount of time. And sometimes I even pinch myself like, wow, I still love this job after 14 and a half years. And that's because I get to do all day, every day, what makes me happier than anything else. And I think everybody has that thing for them. So, you know, I... Gosh, there's so many stories I could tell you. You know, one comes to mind is a particular client, you know, who came to me. I have to be careful with confidentiality here, but, you know, came to me was had his own business was really just kind of getting by in terms of the revenue he was creating. And it became really clear that he wasn't valuing himself. And while he had lots of talents and in in terms of the industry that he's in, he really wasn't standing for himself, whether it was the way he negotiated, the way he did proposals with clients, the way he would deal with clients' requests. And we worked a lot on 
helping him value himself for the truth of who he is, not someone he's not, not trying to fit in somebody else's box of who he is supposed to be. And, you know, um, I can just tell you that I actually have about four clients like that that are coming to mind with a very similar story. I realize it's general, but like I said, I have to watch for confidentiality. Mm -hmm. But all of those clients have taken their income up like more than 400%. And, you know, that's not just because they came up with a better widget. That's because they stretched themselves. And one of the things I often say is your business can only grow as much as you're willing to grow. Absolutely. You, You freed them. You freed them of their own constraints. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it's not just that I freed them. It's like together we've done that. And, you know, so often that gets built in a container of trust. And in that container of trust, you know, it's like they can they can share their deepest fears. They can cry. I have people (laughs) tease me like it's not a client session with Barb until I get choked up. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and but that's in a safe way, you know, it's in a way because either they feel inspired, they feel seen, or, you know, they, they feel like they've accomplished something they never would have been able to accomplish on their own before. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really does come down to trust and safety. And, and what you're defining in trust and safety is leadership. Yes. Because if we're going to, if we're going to influence others, either as a coach or in a leadership position, whatever it might be in developing that relationship, you've had these relationships for a long time because they trust you, but they don't just trust you to make them feel good. They trust you to give them the truth when they need to hear it. And sometimes I'm sure that you, they'll get a little resistance and then they'll call back a few days later and they'll go, yeah, Barb, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time. <laughs> sure. All I actually, I actually, a client uh, once was asked by the, uh, I was a vice president. And he was asked by the president. He says, uh, so how's the coaching going with Gary? I'd been with him a couple of years and he says, uh, it's going well. It's going well. He says, how often do you take Gary's advice? He says, oh, I don't know, about 30% of the time. He goes, 30%? We're paying him that much? You're only taking it 30% of the time? He goes, yeah. He says, well, what do you think about that? He says, well, I should be taking it more. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to get those percentages up sometimes. But that's what we we get to do for years with people is be a safe haven for them to develop because it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be discomfort, but we want people to feel, feel safe in that discomfort. Yes. And that, you know, someone has a hundred percent got their back without any attachment to the choices that they make. You know, this is where, you know, we can love our partners or our family or our brothers and sisters or our adult children, but there is often, you know, a choice that someone might make would impact them in some form or another. When you have a coach who's completely objective and who's not in their life on a regular day-to-day personal basis, you know, I'm not attached to whether they choose option A or choose option B. What I'm attached to is that they choose the option that's right for them. And so I don't, I don't, I don't have uh, disappointment. You know, I don't have things that affect me directly with them. And I think that creates a container that's so, so unique in our lives. Because the truth is, most people have never had that before. Never. Even from people that love them deeply. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we get to do this without judgment and without, like you said, connection to the outcomes. But we get to ask the really tough questions with the decisions you're thinking about doing. What do you think the consequences are going to be? 
and and people might well they'll they'll talk about the results financial results is okay great what about the people what about the nuances of the human beings that you're going to be interacting with when you make those decisions quick quick story about that was uh this guy said he, another vice president of this company was in a position where he had to fire a director because he was doing some things that were unethical but he was in this big project so we didn't want to fire him right away so he was waiting to fire him and he kept waiting and he kept waiting and the the president of the company the ceo of the company they said they supported him he needed to make the decision so i walk in one day to coach him and i said so have you made this have you made this oh yeah we're yeah i said so when are you going to do it i don't know yet and i said you know what don't worry about him he goes what i said don't don't worry about him there's no concern about him anymore because you've been you've been sitting on this for about six months. So, you know, people have probably forgotten about it. But you know what they haven't forgotten about? And he goes, what's that? He says that you can't make a decision. And if you don't make this decision, the president and CEO are going to lose faith in you. And that person isn't going to matter. It's your leadership credibility that is being lost here. So you decide what you need to do. You know what you need to do. You just need to do it. I know it's uncomfortable, but you need to do it. And he goes, oh, you're right. That's the kind of thing that we get to do, Barb, is to just put that right in front of them and see things in a way that often they don't see the impacts with their bosses, with their direct reports, with their peers, with the organization. And when you're in a leadership position, you have a responsibility to take care of the people, the clients, the customers, the stakeholders, and the organizational culture. And doing all of that in one foul swoop in a decision every single day. It's not easy. No, it's it's definitely not easy. And I think also it's about giving people permission to do some things that maybe they don't give themselves permission to do, or, you know, society doesn't give them permission to do. I think that plays a big role in it as well. Cause you know, a lot of times people will say, Oh, I can't do that. It's like, really? Whose voice is that? Yeah. Who says? Oh, you do. That's right. (laughs) So, Barbara, I want to finish up with with the question I ask everybody at the end of the programs. And I I actually think I could almost write some of this answer now that I've gotten to talk to you a few times. And the question is this. If you're going to write yourself a letter and send it back to yourself 20 or 25 years ago, what would you tell Barb? (laughs) Oh, I love it. This is going to surprise you. Stand in the jello. And, stand in the jello. Yes. And what I'm going to write that one down. Okay. Stand in the jello is, you know, if you can imagine your bare feet standing in a bunch of squishy jello, you know, maybe an old bathtub filled up with jello it, and your pants rolled up. And it's sort of like the jello in between your toes. It's cold and squishy and a little wet. But the truth is that the jello is never going to kill you. Like you will always survive jello. And so standing in jello to me is a little bit like stretching into an area that is a little uncomfortable and a little squishy. But if you can laugh about it and say, ah, it's only jello. Like I'm never going to get killed by jello. You know, like I will survive jello no matter what happens. And so, you know, that's a, a metaphorical way that always makes me laugh, which is why I like it. But of saying, you know what, take some risks, be willing to stretch, be willing to find out a little bit more about who you are and not always take necessarily the way that everybody else says you should take. You know, I'm, I'm sort of, let's call it a, a recovering good girl, <laughs> you know, doing what I always thought I was supposed to do. I, I, I figured that out, you know, a little later in life, but that was part of what was burning me out. So, you know, learning to stand in the jello a little earlier in life, I 
I think would have benefited me. I mean, I have no regrets, but it's been one of my greatest lessons. I, I love it. A, a little uncomfortable and a little squishy. Yes. And if you can laugh about it, we're good. Yes. I like it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, finish up today, Barb. I really appreciate your, your thoughts and your insights into leadership and coaching. And, you know, the part that I love, and I think I'm, I'm going to name this podcast this one, I became the coach I needed. Yes. I just, lo- I just love that, and, uh, that you've, yeah. you're really getting to help a lot of executives nowadays. Yes, desperately needed, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, Barb Garrison, for being our guest today on Leading from the front. I uh, look forward to talking to you again someday. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care, be well, and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. <laughs>